So, good evening, everybody. This is us back in the man cave. Hopefully, they can see down there because I'm down there. Them dolls just for me to look at. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we back tonight, another night. This is what, five or six or something like that? I don't think six. I think five. I don't think six. Five. Six feels like a lot. Have we been that committed already? No, probably not. It's probably episode five. So, date night? Date night, for sure. Uh, I also didn't recognize, I didn't know that, like, I'm wearing the same damn hoodie from last week. I promise you I got more than, than, than just this hoodie. Promise you. <clears throat> I mean, but to be fair, he does wear like the same combination of four things. You know, your favorites. That's true. That is very true. You know, we all have our favorites. So, let's get into it. I mean, let's, let's kind of chat and see until people start jumping on. But what's been going on for the past week, Julia? Well, Gerald, if I can call you that, <laughs> so professional. The week's been good. It's been really busy. A lot of things happened. Coolio passed away. That was shocking. I didn't find out till like the Don't day after. I can remember with my tape player, right? Oh my recording gosh. Gangsta's the, Paradise. Like the Walkman or like No, like my little boombox recording oh. the sound coming from TV. Yeah. Gangsta's Paradise was like yep. not the number one music video and had my mm-hmm. boombox right in front of the tape. So I can press record and then put it on my voicemail. Oh my gosh, the voicemail. Yeah, you just reach Gerald. Oh my, do you? You know what to do. At the beep, you know what to do. Beep. No, hello everyone, welcome. Hello, hello. Speaking of messages, I- Come on, somebody gotta know what's up, right? Recording Recording a song, I mean, I remember you used to have Onyx, slam, da, 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 da. Not the it's another one. Huh? No, you know, my dad, so when we were little, I remember my parents, you know, we recorded the we recorded the voicemail for the for the house. So my dad literally had all of us sitting in a row on his bed and he like gave us our lines and it was like, hello, 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 hello. You reached I won't say the number. Oh, actually, no, it's still the number. I can't say that. Yeah. You've reached blah, 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 blah. We're not here right now. But if you please leave your name and number, we'll get rid of Like, I totally remember the Bro. whole shebang. Like, whose family did all of those Bro. really cheesy, like, Your dad well, legit. He put it by us one by one. We were like, hello, hello. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I still remember it. Like, I remember it. I wish I could say the whole thing, but I can't give the number away. You know, I don't want all of our are, fans calling my parents. You don't parents. want the two people watching to call your parents and be like, hey, I heard that you did this like weird little 80s jazz thing. Brock, it said it made everybody get on the voicemail. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the world. I wouldn't want to do that to my dad. He's a, you know, privacy is very, very serious. Absolutely. You know, we don't want to. But that is that. that's funny. Yeah. I didn't have anything. I just remember having that cool had the song playing with Case in the background. What's that song from Case? Somebody gotta hit me out. <laughs> the song from Case, right? Like that the song from Case it was playing for about was it couldn't four be seconds. And then you then you and then you turn it down. You start, no? Yep. And you start no? slowly okay. turning it, it down. And then you go, Yeah, this journal. Uh, I had a deep voice when I was 13 too, so Probably. it was like yeah, what's up? 
Fitzgerald. Ugh, you're creepy. At the beat, you know what to do. And then you turn it back up. And then you fade it out and then hang up. <laughs> no, my voice is too high pitched for that. I couldn't do that. He has a good like you know, it just doesn't. It doesn't. I'm trying to tell you, man. I used to, I was I was suave and dapper even back then. I have no doubt, guys. No doubt. So, what else been going on, you? I think that's it. Uh, work, kids. Happily ever after is the song. Thank See, you, oh, that's an empty. But, is it, but was I seen or faded? Oh, yeah, yeah, ever after. Oh, Let me turn it down. Yeah. Voice. You know what's up. Oh, it's yeah. It's your see? boy, Gerald. There we go. You got it. <laughs> you got it. See? At the beat, you know what to do. Let me turn it down. I can't hear you. You turn, yeah. turn it back up, and then you fade it out manually. I just, what I wouldn't give to go back to see 13-year-old Gerald, what I wouldn't give to just watch him. I had a voicemail box in the seventh grade. No. <laughs> no. What about you? I had a pager. Oh, yeah, I do remember the pagers. Uh, JJ the King of Beepers. Mm. JJ the King of Beepers. That's old school, baby. Yeah, I had JJ the King of Beepers. I had my first beeper. Uh, my friends would, you know, everybody had, like, their own little number. My dad was a 007. Mm. And I knew it was him. Again, See, I, my dad. I had the oh, most. I had the most playery beeper. My mom gave it to me. Oh. It was an all-white beeper with a brown leather case oh and a gold gosh. chain. It had a gold chain on it, so you could click on your belt buckle. Oh. Boy, you can't tell me that that wasn't the coldest joint ever. And then in the seventh grade, that's like text messaging, right? Like send you a whole ass message Hello? where you had to turn that that joint upside down and re read the whole thing. Gerald said, meet us at the school at 3.30. Oh, yeah. Like, what is it? Like, you have a message from, we're around the corner of such and mm -hmm. such. That's when you call Colette, right? When you call your mama Colette, you're like, at the beat, please say your name. Beep. Mama, come pick us up. We have to grocery store down the street. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we used to get that. Uh, oh but I can't wait. Like, even talking about this right now, it, make, it, it makes me so excited for tomorrow. So if you don't follow me on social media at all, I'm sorry. I know my three people who are watching follow me on social media. But I, we are going to take some of the most epic 90s parents pictures yeah, of seems, all time. You know, it feels Napoleon Dynamite-ish though. You think so? It does. It kind of feels Napoleon. Maybe it's not. I mean, it could don't be the 90s. That. I'm too. I'm too amped up. They're nineties. And They're excited. Totally 90s. They're one hundred percent nineties. That this is going to go 90s. hard. But it will. Whatever it's doing. Don't tell me it's Napoleon Dynamite. Mm, I take it back. You can't tell me it's Napoleon Dynamite. Well, it's not. Well, you know, I was trying to give you the visual effort. of the high socks and the like so, the visual. I got pleated shorts, green khaki shorts with a matching green. Polo shirt, high white socks with the blue and red stripes, mm -hmm. strapping buddies, fanny pack. and fanny pack glasses, chapstick and inhaler. One more I'm about want. to kill this joint. So it can't we can't be saying we can't be saying the Napoleon Dynamite. This is too epic. 
I mean, that's true. Well, I thought, well, Epic, Napoleon Dynamite is kind of epic for us. That's the movie. You know. That's the movie I first got from Stevens. That was gonna say it. I mean, I was just gonna hit you, but I wasn't gonna say it. You weren't gonna say it like that? I wasn't gonna say it. I should be going boom, right? I was just gonna give that eye, like, you know, that Netflix and chill. Before Netflix and chill, we Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, that was the moment that 13 year old Gerald had been like, you know, those moments where it's like you're waiting, you know, that practicing for, you know, those moments where it's like, she's gonna come over, don't screw it up. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? Clean, vacuum, that type of thing. Try oh, to be yeah, swap. Yeah, I did all that. Spray you know? it down with my cologne. I know it did smell good. I came in, I was like, oh. I was like, oh. The mission was to get them skins. Was it? Or were you just like, cool if it did, if it didn't? Oh, if you show up at my house at 12 o'clock at night, <laughs> the transaction is skins. <laughs> I could watch movies by myself. You here for the skins. <laughs> Just saying, I'm here for the skins. Yeah. But hopefully, you came for the skins too, or you may have to go home. I mean, I'm glad you was with it though. I mean, I had thought about it all the way. I tried to talk myself out of it for a second. Is that what women do? It didn't work, clearly. Do you think women do that? Like, they know they about to give up the skins, but they be telling themselves, like, no, I ain't gonna do this. I mean, I'm a kissing, yeah. but that's it. Like, I'm not gonna let him go that way. Yeah, a hundred percent. For real, a hundred percent. On the way there, my inner talk voice was like, Julia, don't go over. Don't go over. You're just gonna watch a movie. No, you're not gonna watch a movie. You, you know, we the inner talk was like, don't go over there. You know, and then I was like, no. You know, I was trying to play it cool. And I got off work. I was like, no, we're security. He's like, you know, I'm a little sweaty. You take a shower, okay? No problem. I'll take a quick shower. Yeah, no, Cheryl, okay. she knew. Like, I knew, we knew. I, was, I just was. You be trying to. <laughs> see, they calling you out. You can't. Now you can't. No, you can't. No, no, I'm not saying that I didn't because I do. I do agree. We know. I think a woman, honestly, honestly, a woman can look at you in two seconds and know for, for, for sure. Like, like, I was looking at you and I knew I was like, oh, he's cute. Like, I thought he was cute. I didn't like him immediately because I was like, he's cocky. I was like, oh, I don't like him. Ugh. But then I started to, like, talk to him and I was like, from there, it was just like irritatingly unavoidable. But, but uh, I'm not gonna, Cheryl. I I agree, and I concur that the second I was invited over and I left work to go over to his house to watch said movie Napoleon Dynamite, Napoleon Dynamite take a shower. That yeah, you took a shower when you got to my house. We it was pre-planned, a pre-planned shower. A pre like that means you that means you, you made a bag before you went to work. <laughs> you knew you was come giving them draws up. I mean, I shaved. There you go. I uh, but I didn't let him. But I wasn't gonna let him know. I was just gonna come watch the movie. You think I need to be let know? You think you get an invite if the goal ain't for the skins? So it was mutual. That le- that's my ceremonious ask. Five. That's an inside joke. Everybody like is, what? It is. Yeah. <laughs> really? We didn't make it through the first time. Yeah, that had to. It's an epic movie. I watched it later on. It's a pretty good movie. Later, but the first time I was busy. I was busy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll get that. We'll get that. No, um, no. But now that we've just completely derailed the exact thing. We're not derailed. We got a whole hour. We've been talking for 17 minutes. We can't talk about that one thing 
the whole time. We gotta have I mean, some comedy true. relief, have some people get to know us. I mean, that's true. We don't want to talk about the important stuff until we know how many people are gonna be in the room. Because we start with zero, we don't want to get give all the stuff mm-hmm. to the zero people. I mean, that's right? true. We gotta wait till we get two. And we got two now. And I like my two. Because exactly. this is fun for me and you, hopefully. <laughs> it definitely I is. I hope you like it and enjoy it. Because if you yeah. don't, you're going to be stuck down here every Friday night. So sorry. <laughs> you better, you better, better like get it. to liking it. Better get to liking it. So let's let's talk about some other stuff. Like, let's, what, what else is going on? Like, there's some crazy things going on in the world, right? Coolio passed away. We got the hurricane. The hurricane's going on in Florida. That's some crazy stuff. Like, yeah. Demolishing Florida. Yeah. Like that. yeah we had a two and a half second uh, house shake yesterday. Yeah, earthquake yesterday in the city, too. Ring was like crazy. I don't know what's going on with Ring. I don't know why. We're going to keep, we're just going to, I don't know why Ring, it's like, oh my God, does anybody feel that way? Ring. It's like every one person says there's an earthquake, and then every single person in the neighborhood is like, did you feel the earthquake? I'm like, did you hear the, did you read the, the message from the person before? That said it was an earthquake, like, get off my phone. Jeez. Same thing. Fourth of July. Power is going off. I'm thinking I heard gunshot. This, shut up. I'm complaining. I'm done complaining. All right. I got something interesting I do want to talk about, though. Okay. Shoot. All right. Uh, I would consider myself a thinker. I, may, I think constantly. I may not always be a doer. Show us your thinking face. Got it. That's that's my I got it face. Okay. I'm a thinker by by whatever. I think a lot, and I think as I think about our marriage, mm-hmm. right, and I think about the things that we have done created uh, all of that right mm-hmm. I think about how that ends up being the most important aspect of my life right? right and I think most people who have been married are married desire to be married mm-hmm. right we know that we have to eventually get to some form of comfortability in a relationship or something right like that, right some of the people who get there have no idea how we got how they got Right. Right. Like you just wake up one day and you're like, oh shit, we've been married 14 years. Like literally, that was what happened to me. Like 14 whole years. Like I've been married. Like two government years. recognized, like, for real. I own half of his stuff. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it like that. Yeah. It's all mine. All right. Half. Signed in my name. Jeez, jeez, y'all lost my train of thought. Now I'm like, you found yourself. Okay, I'll bring it back. You found yourself 14 years later, and it's like we've been married longer than my parents were. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. How do you get 14 years and still not kill each other? That's a good question because it takes a lot of restraint. It's not, and it's not for lack of trying, right? I think we both have killed each other, tried to kill each other in different ways over the last 14 years, mm-hmm. whether it was physically or mentally or emotionally or whatever. True, unfortunately. 
We discussed this, friends. I was chopping. <laughs> I was in the kitchen cooking his dinner. Fair. Don't come for Fair. me. But I think you get there. Like I used to. Uh, I'll get, uh, I I I don't want to. I want to ramble a little bit, but not too much. So pull me back. Okay. I used to have this struggle with the concept of love, right? Because I always felt like love wasn't enough. Like mm-hmm. love didn't make sense. Like you go to church if you do go to church or whatever. You hear people say like love covers the multitude, right? multitude of sin or bad things or whatever is wrong or whatever it may be and it's like that don't make sense to me right does it make sense to you does that make sense to you love covers the multitude because what i and how i interpreted at the time was that if you love somebody then everything else will go away Hmm. how you feel right uh my feelings toward that person any animosity any negative thoughts it will go away because I love you, right? So while we're married for 14 years, mm-hmm. I love you, but I don't like what you do. Right. Right? I love you, but I don't like who you are mm-hmm. at the moment. I love you, but that does not change how I perceive you or how I feel you are or what I believe about you. Mm. And I think that has been the hardest part in understanding what love is because it's made out to seem like love is like the fix it all or the secret sauce that you just sprinkle in. And I feel, I felt like love was getting abused Mm -hmm. or it was getting diluted or whatever it may be, right? And yesterday I was having a conversation with myself, thinking, and it was a simple thing. And I'm going to share this one simple thing with everybody so that it's on record and that they understand. And it was profound to me. Love has boundaries. Yes. And I was like, because you don't think of love having boundaries. Right, because it can't cover the multitude, multitude of everything. Like it can't cover everything, right? Right. Well, I think that while also having a boundary, because a boundary kind of you think it like hinders it stops. Yes, like a boundary tells a person what you can and can't do. What we interpret a boundary as it being what you can't do. Right. If there's a boundary in front of us, we can't go past it. But also. What I was dealing with was that a boundary also gives you an understanding of what's going on. Right. right? You know that you're on the right side because the boundary is there. And right. it says, don't cross this, this space. So love has to have boundaries. Right. In order for you and I to love each other, then we have to both understand what those boundaries are to show them. Right. And it could be simple, right? Like we know we there there are some boundaries that we already know exist. In right. a monogamous relationship, right. one of those boundaries is that you can't sleep with anybody else. Right. Or to make it simpler, that boundary is that intimacy is reserved for the one person. Right. 
Right. And the interesting thing about that is that everybody's boundaries and ideas of what that is are vastly different. And I think the thing is, you know, when you're talking about love covers the multitude, I always understood love covering the multitude. Like love is, like you said, it's a fix-all. It's something that we see in movies. It's like you see people love each other and that covers everything. And then understanding that love really, it's not that it covers everything. It's just that powerful. I didn't understand what loving covers. Oh, I'm, about to, I'm about to tell you what it really is. Mm. I didn't understand what love covering everything meant until I had the opportunity to hate. I didn't understand how much I loved you until I had opportunities to like hate you. And, and I don't, you know what I mean? Like you don't understand. I didn't, it's like, well, love covers. And it's like, well, what does it cover? Why does it cover? How does it cover? You know, everybody, especially in church, love is patient. Love is kind. You know, it does, over your mind. Oh my gosh. All of that, you know, <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, it's like, all these things and it's not until it's in those like moments of not love where you realize really what how do i really love this person what is love how do i feel and, and all of those things so but the boundary has to be there mm-hmm. in order for you to love right it can't even cover the multitude mm-hmm. if you don't have the boundaries so if you don't have boundaries, it really kind of... How can it be you... love? Right. How can it be love if there are no boundaries? Well, you know what? Think I, about it. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I knew I loved you. I knew that I loved you, but I didn't have boundaries or I didn't even respect... Here's, another, here's a better way to explain it. Mm. How, can a, how can love have meaning if you can't describe it? The description is the boundary. Mm. You say love is patience, love is kind right that is a boundary that means not being patient is not love not being kind is not love or it's not loving is it not or love, it's not or it's not loving, loving? whatever you want to call it you know you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's what it's, it's whatever you want to call it so how do you you have to have those scenarios where you're doing those things right because love has to have boundaries. If there is no boundary for your love, it's just <laughs> lust. It's, well, un, it's unbridled, uncontrolled. Mm. Right? I can do, so here, for example, if I associate my love for you, right, is that I give you all the sex in life, right? <laughs> all the compliments. Oh, I'll take that. Right? All the booty pops. Right? You get all of those things for the sake of conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Those are your things. If I give them to somebody else, how do you feel that I love you? Right. If I've told you that that is love, if we've agreed that that is love, right? how can my soul love for you be shared in that way. Well, it can because those are just actions, right? Right. And it's the actions if I share that with everybody because I love everybody, right? So I love everybody, so I just give everything away. How does that make the one person that I love special? How does it distinguish my kids out of them being my kids? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? What sets the people that I love apart from everyone else? Not that I don't love them, because I believe that love 
in relationship is on a continuum. Okay. Right? And it starts it starts at, at, at meeting someone mm-hmm. and it can end up being a soulmate. Soul meaning S-O-L-E, one person, and not soul, S-O-U-L, like some sort of like deeply rooted connection. Yeah. I mean soul, like you're one person. The one person that you have put in charge of whatever it is that you're that's important to you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. So if love has boundaries, then what was your process in our relationship to understanding that? What brought you to a place of understanding that without boundaries, you or I would just walk aimlessly without understanding or, you know what I mean? What is it that brought you to a place of understanding the boundaries and not just understanding boundaries? Because I think now in time, we all understand boundaries. You know, it's really big right now, like mental health and all that stuff. I think that there's, I mean, I think it's a great time to discuss this because it wasn't always the case. Like we weren't discussing mental health when I was younger. But like now there's a lot more understanding about boundaries and what they mean. You know, what was your process of getting to a place where it's like, okay, I need to have these boundaries in place. And you know, like what was it for you, your journey to boundaryhood? Well, I think it first started with loving myself and not really knowing what love really was for me. Like not like I'm not saying that my parents didn't love me at all, right? Like I'm not saying that at all. My mom would kill me if I ever said something like that. My mom loves me to death. But I don't think I understood what love was just because, right? Like my father was around, but he wasn't there every day you know what i mean like he was i I lived with my father while i was in high school from ninth to 12th grade but he kind of let me do my own thing kind of figure life out all by myself my mom was a little pushy so i never really went through my journeys with people so i've never i never learned to have to throttle back who i was because of other people people never got close to me so love looked different right like love wasn't a thing that I needed, or at least I thought I did, didn't need. Mm-hmm. Love was something that I didn't think I needed. Love was something that I didn't believe was really like a real, real thing. Mm-hmm. So I, so like, I just basically gave a blanket thing out. Like, this is love. Here you go. This is for everyone. That's it. And then I think over the years, I realized with the people that I do love, that I'm giving them what I give everyone and they want more for me. So then I have to go back and say, hey, what do I do to make you happy? You know what I mean? What do I do for that? And then love turns into just things. Mm. And then you realize that love is a display of how I feel about myself. So I'm lashing out at you. I'm lashing out at the kids because I'm lashing out at myself on the inside. So, I know I'm rambling because that's what I tend to do. But I think what I end, what ended up happening for me was that I learned that I didn't have enough love to give to people, so I needed to make some changes. So I started giving everything, and then you start overwhelming people, mm. and then you throttle it back 
and then you try to dial down like what fits for just you. And that is what a boundary is. Because it's just for you. The love that I have is for you. And the boundaries are placed by you. Right. Because even though we agree on it, right, you have some very specific ways to be loved, and so do I. Right. I think that's an interesting point because, you know, boundaries are within relationships, marital relationships, friendships, you know, my process of understanding boundaries came with the lack of same place, you know, came from that place of, I always had this, um, like, choose me type of thing. I have delved into it a little bit, and I think that just came from some hurtful situations and, like, always wanting to be chosen and stuff like that. But I think I understood boundaries, like, in the, probably in that similar way, especially when you find yourself becoming someone that you never wanted to be. It's like you wake up one morning, you look in the mirror, and you find you've become exactly what you hated. Like you became exactly that person that you never wanted to be. Or it's like you've been in a situation where you you feel hurt, and then you end up becoming that. And then through the course of that time, understanding what boundaries are and why they're there. You know why boundaries are in are within our relationship. And it's not just like real painful situations. We're talking about boundaries. And how you speak to your partner, boundaries in conversation. You know what I mean? There's times Gerald and I are extremely playful back and forth with each other. We choke a lot. We laugh a lot. We're very sarcastic a little bit. And, you know, there's moments where it's like, you know, like, we definitely play. Well, you pushed me down at Costco oh my at least an hour ago. Pushed me right to the ground. I didn't even do nothing wrong. Oh, my god! I was asking her if she wanted something. I was just being a... A studious husband. She pushed me to the ground. Mm. I can't believe. Mm. No. The audacity. Oh my gosh. Ugh. Whine about it. No. <laughs> but no, like, you know, in the way that we communicate, you know, there's this place where Gerald and I will, Gerald, we'll, I'll be in the kitchen and Gerald's like, he, he'll knock the napkin on the ground. He'll knock it on the ground intentionally and be like, Pick that up. Now, again, we joke a lot, but there's definitely those moments where it's like, he's not dumb. Like, there's those moments where it's like, okay, okay, but okay, I took that, I took that, you know, I took, okay, I get, you got me on that one. You know, we're over there and get it. And I say that because it's like, the boundaries is there's an understanding. You talk to your friends a certain way, you don't talk to your friends. You don't talk That's to because the boundary is the other person. The right, other the thing, right, right, understanding that. It doesn't matter what you love. Right. Like, the boundary is whatever it is you're trying to love. Because that is what tells you if you're right or if you're wrong. That huge-ass piece of concrete in the street saying, don't cross this line, lets you know where you can be right and where you're going to be wrong at. If you keep your ass on this side, you straight. If you cross that line, I don't know what's going to happen to you. You know what I'm saying? Don't cross the line, though. And if you love me, we'll listen to you. Or at least take the time. Nope. If you love me. You'll listen to the boundary? You will listen to me. In you what way? Listen to the boundary. Okay, that's what I And saying. keep your ass from the other side. Do you think that boundaries, this is another question. So, do you think that there are boundaries? So, let's 
Okay, let's bring back for a second. Okay, so understanding boundaries within relationships. So boundaries are within every kind of relationship, friendship, mother, daughter, spouse, you know, all of that. The boundaries are there out of self-awareness. This is what I can take. This is what I can't. This is what I'm okay with. This is what I'm not okay with. I'm okay with you saying, doing this. I'm not okay with these things. Mm -hmm. Now, understanding that we have those boundaries. Do you think that there are certain boundaries where it's like there is room for discussion? Not just come to an understanding. Because if you're setting boundaries and I'm setting boundaries, do you think that there should be an opportunity within relationships to discuss those boundaries? Like if I have a boundary and I'm like, you cannot... You cannot come into the into the bathroom when I'm taking a shower. Well, be gentle. Be gentle. Our kids are in the kitchen. <laughs> oh my gosh! Everybody else, what's what's like? What's the thought on the boundaries? Do you think that there should be at least a space, a space for like, what is it? Like, to be able to discuss these boundaries, like, do you think that it's okay to even ask your partner to address a certain boundary? Like, you know, or is it like a no? It's an immediate no. Like, I don't know. I feel kind of like boundaries. I think the, thing, the, key, the key to this is that love should be reciprocated, right? So, in the first analogy, I said that the boundary, that concrete thing, right? Just keep going. That concrete thing. Hold on. Keep going. <laughs> He's the one talking. He's the one talking. I don't even know. Do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I just have this thing with boundaries. But I definitely understand, and I think that boundaries protect, and they really have a space. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I think there's sometimes where like there's a space to be able to discuss that boundary. Not that I'm saying I need to change your mind on it. But, like, there's a space where, like, I can at least have you explain it to me or address it, you know? I think sometimes there's a possibility that boundaries are created based on other things, you know? Like, I've had boundaries based on um, fear or boundaries that were based from an unhealthy place, you know? Sometimes we have things that look like boundaries, but they're really, you know, there should be room to discuss them. I don't know. Uh, hopefully, Gerald will be back. He's, <laughs> I can hear him in there, the kids. Uh, what can you do? I don't know. But yeah, no, I, I, I really, I definitely, like I said, within our marriage and with the relationships, boundaries are definitely necessary. They give us a guideline in which to move and navigate through. But I don't know. I, I think sometimes that, like I said, it can come from such a place where maybe what we set in, in stone isn't from that, from a pure place. You know, if I'm putting boundaries on what you know where do boundaries stop are the boundaries for me or uh, do i have boundaries for my spouse is it just about that or is it a mutual thing i know gerald talked about like reciprocating that are boundaries meant for both of us to abide by or these are my boundaries and these are only your boundaries you know i think that's the thing about understanding i think that's where the self-awareness comes in you know gerald's a different person for me so the things that i am going to like, give, want, and return are going to be different. I definitely think that within marriage, there are those, like Joe talked about, like those concrete things that have to be in play. If you are deciding to be within a relationship in a certain kind of way. I'm about to kill them kids. I know, I know. Rat -a -tat -tat. You're like, keep going. I'm like, you, you were talking. I don't know what's up. I know, I'm sorry. 
you know, it'd be like that. I'm not cutting it out either. So I got kids. They do things that, you know, I love them, though. But they're not following their boundaries. It's the same conversation I just had up there, actually. It's the same thing. And, and which is what I'm getting to, is that love is reciprocated. I shouldn't be giving my love to people who won't also do the things for me that I need to love. So do you think that boundaries that if, so that if I cross a boundary or I don't abide by boundaries, do you think that all boundaries are the same? Do you think right. that all boundaries are created equal? Because one of the things that I was discussing while you left me Sorry. was understanding that I think that sometimes we set boundaries off of protection. I think that boundaries are, are great, but I also think that there's a lot of trauma in people's lives that creates these walls that look like boundaries. You're not going to talk to me any kind of way. Now, is there some truth there? Obviously that we don't want people to just walk around thinking they can say things to us, but also is there a space where I can talk to my partner or I can have a conversation with you of why is that there? Like, look, I don't, I know we all want to be talked to respectfully, but is there a space where it's like we can look into this, where you recognize that just because I'm talking to you a little more firmly, it's really not what you think it is. You just happen to come from a traumatic relationship or a traumatic childhood where being yelled at did something to you, let's say. So, so now that's the thing. So that's the thing. Like, is there a space where you can talk about boundaries yeah. to just kind of like, okay, hey, what is this boundary? What is this? Because you want me to respect this boundary. There's is it there are boundaries just meant for you, for me, for the both of us? Do you have like within relationships do we have to agree on all the boundaries or like what is your i don't believe that your personal boundaries are negotiable and they can't be they're your boundaries and if i love you you get 100 percent. you get to determine how that love is displayed and what it means what it looks like and everything in between you get to make that decision not me do you... what that means is that you have to do the work for yourself because i i think that the notion that you come to a relationship with baggage right and your baggage makes you hostile in certain situations i don't care if it's right or wrong it's still there it may be wrong as to me right for me to have to deal with you and the damage that being in an abusive relationship has done to you, I don't get to tell you when it's too much. I don't get to tell you how you should. I need to also have my own boundaries for that that don't get to be crossed. Like I'm, I'm 100% okay saying yeah, I shouldn't talk to you like this because you don't like it. That should be the only requirement. You don't like it. Now, as we move forward in our relationship, I'll find out why you don't like it. And we can have those discussions. But but the you being from an abusive relationship was there when you met me. I had been dealing with the after effects of you in an abusive relationship from Jennifer. You know what I'm saying? So I'm learning you as well, and you have to learn you. And I think that in a relationship, if I do my personal work and you do your personal work, you will identify that you respond 
to how people communicate to you like this because of that, and then you will change it. But if I tell you to change it, you're just gonna fight me. Right. No, because no, no. I'm because it. I'm using the opportunity to respect you and to respect what you want and to respect your love and respect how you what your boundary is. I'm using that opportunity to tell you how it should be. And I could be right. Right? I could be right. You can't, you can't, you can't respond like that every time I say something. I could be right, but the time where you're trying to fight for your space probably isn't the time for that conversation. And I do, I'm not gonna lie, I do that shit all the time, right? Now, I want to make sure that I say that this is a two-way street. She doesn't get to get all of that if she doesn't respect my boundaries. And that's the kicker. That's the part of this entire equation that everyone leaves out. Is that there's a part of her love that's direct. That's there's a part of that scenario that's directly tied to how I respond. Because although I may say something a certain way, and she may respond to me a certain way based off of some of her past trauma, I once I know that I'm charged with dealing with that. Because you can't rub your woman the wrong way every time and then tell her she needs to get over it because you believe she's wrong because y'all not going to be together long. Right? Right. And at the same time, she needs to understand that once I let her know, <laughs> yo, you be laughing. Every time I, I can't say nothing to you. I can't. Every time, single time I say something, you lash out. I can't. That means you need to address that because I don't like it. I can't change you and you can't change me. And once I realize you're not going to change me, it's only a matter of time before I'm fed up and I leave. That's what happens in relationships, right? We don't talk about those things, though. We have a problem. We say something. The, the person gives some half-ass kind of answer and you half-ass accept it and then you move on with the expectation that it's fixed only for it to happen again because it hasn't been addressed because you haven't had the conversations. But you have every single right to feel how you feel. Just know that just because you feel it don't make it right. And just because you feel it don't mean the other person needs to address it. And just because you feel it don't mean the other person won't hate you because you feel it. It's a part of the, it's, it's all a part of all of it. And I think we go into situations with other people so selfishly that we believe that we are entitled to how we feel and how we feel should be addressed. And I'm saying, yeah, that's fine. As long as you're willing to listen to the other person and have the other person's concerns be addressed. Because if you listen to that other person, I guarantee you, a lot of that person's issues is going to be directly related to the same thing that you keep saying that you're not going to change or not going to do. I used to be one of those, I don't like to hold hands. I hear about how I don't like holding hands at least once a quarter, once a month easy. When was the last time I talked to you about not holding hands? I'm not saying that you argue with me. I'm just saying, I hear you say, you know, Jordan, like what? Hold hands. You said it in this podcast for sure. Yeah. Check the tape. Check the tape. 49 13 Check is the, the time. 
we don't put it in. Check the tape. When did I mention hand holding? We're talking about boundaries. Or affection. You said that I'm not affectionate. Check the tape. I'm pretty sure. But we're not going to argue on this, fight, on this podcast, even though it's called Yes, We Fight. You're not trying to fight in front of them. But it is what it is. So what you think about that? Well, I don't know. So there was a lot. There was I a know. lot in there. I, I, I think that <laughs> I definitely think, like I said, I, I understand the importance of boundaries. And I think that there is, I think that when you can't, for me personally, when you get to a place where you can't even discuss your own personal boundaries, I think there's a problem there. I think that if I'm setting a boundary for the relationship, I'm not saying that I have to justify it to you or vice versa. But I think that I do, I am in a place where I think a discussion is in order. I have a boundary set in place. If you don't understand that boundary, it's going to be really difficult for you to stay on the other side. If I have a boundary. No, sir. Because as soon as you cross that bitch one time, you know that you did some shit wrong. Well, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is I still do think that some boundaries come from a place where come from unhealed places or come from things that that need to be talked about like I, like i was kind of saying when you were with the kids like if i have a boundary of what he's not gonna do you know that stems from something and i'm not saying that but that's it, not a boundary that's well, an expectation of another person well, that he has not well, concurred a boundary is when what's you the difference what's the difference between me between it but not me but between someone saying oh i'm not gonna let him that you're you're not gonna talk to me any kind of way what's the difference between Someone saying that in a boundary because both of them okay. are. I think, I, think, I think what you're saying, I, well, I'm not, I wasn't referencing that. I was referencing the other part that you were saying. But saying that I don't want to be talked to a certain way is valid. Well, that part, yes, but that's the point that I'm trying to make. Saying that I'm not, say, okay, I'm just not going to let him. I'm not, absolutely, that's the part. Like, I get that. What I'm saying is the meaning behind it. Because, yes, we all should talk to each other respectfully. But because you've had something happen to you, oh, I'm not just going to let him. What I'm saying is there's something there, no, which, right. which has the meaning, which has the potential of any time you could potentially sound a certain way, that could be triggering for me. Yeah. That's the part where I'm saying boundaries are good, and I think they're 100% necessary. I also think that within that boundary, there needs to be some self-reflection of understanding. That's Why not the boundary, though. The well, boundary isn't the self-reflection part. The boundary is just the rule. It's just the ask. It's just the want. I understand that there needs to be some self-work, and as a boundary maker, you should definitely take a look at yourself and figure out why you are making these boundaries. But it is not my job to determine why you're making your boundaries. Well, let's say you have a it's boundary. Not, it's also not my job to tell you when you're when you are done with your boundary it's only my job to tell me when your boundary is too much for me do you think that when it comes to boundaries that there is space to challenge a boundary like is there any room to challenge a boundary not to make them change their mind but do you think that there's a space where it's like hey there's this boundary set in place and I get it. I understand. Like, I get it. But you doing this is creating that. Do you think that boundaries also when they are not? All right. So that's, I think you're, what you're saying is, you're right. Yeah. You are allowed to do that. That's not challenging the boundaries. 
Challenging a boundary is when I tell you, don't talk to me like that, and you talk to me like that anyway. That's all. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The why I don't want you to talk to me like that, you'll find out if you stay together long enough. But the only thing of concern right now is that you don't talk to me like that now. We all are byproducts of whatever we've gone through, good, bad, and indifferent. And if you were talked to by a man a certain way, 30 years later, you no longer want men to talk to you like that. Why am I so pressed to get you to let me? I don't think that, I, I don't think like in, in that scenario, in that scenario where it's like that person's like, like you're not going to talk to me. I, I don't think that that's wrong. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Obviously like that's a boundary. But what I do think is, You've said that, so you were in a relationship, let's say, and you were talked about kind of crazy. And so you come into this like guns blazing, and I'm like, hey, I understand you have this boundary, but you're kind of taking things a little like you're pushing in areas that it's not necessarily meant to be like. Set your boundary. Like so I, that's I, you setting your own boundary is what I'm saying. Okay, so, so you, if I, let me explain. Okay, like if you don't want to be talked to a certain way, right? My only response would be not to talk to you that way. Mm -hmm. Period. If I'm talking to you, like if it's flipped, then you're making the boundary. I'm talking to you a certain way. You don't like it. You tell me. You're just making the boundary. It is still my job to follow the boundary. There's no way around that. You, because we can't tell people. That you're in charge of your body, yourself, you make the decisions, you can accept things that you want or don't want, and then be like, but if people think that your boundary is too much, they should be able to challenge you. No, you can if you can tell me, this is the reason why in therapy they tell you to make I statements. This is why I statements are so important. Because the only thing that you can tell me about my boundary is what my boundary does to you. You can't tell me, you can't speak for my boundary because that boundary is protected for me. Let's let's talk about something that that is a little easier to understand, right? Drinking alcohol. I've been, I was a full-blown alcoholic all the way up to two years ago. Full-blown, drinking every day. Full-blown alcoholic, drinking every day, two years ago. That is my thing, right? She did not like that because I've done some wild shit since I went when I was drinking. Her boundary is that she don't like me to drink. There is no way around that. There is no conversation where we say, "Hey, let's lessen up the restrictions of drinking from an emotional standpoint. Let's lessen it. It don't go away." Cutting drinking in half, it still produces the exact same thing, right? Right. I mean, every day. The only thing, however, that thing that is your boundary is also my clutch, crutch. It's my thing that I need for myself, right? It's destructive. And it took me 12 years to realize that it was destructive, right? Which means you can't change me. You can have whatever conversations that you want. 
I knew you didn't like drinking. Did it stop me though? There's things that you do that you've always done. And I've brought it up in our relationship forever. Have you stopped doing it? No. Some of it, most of the times what happens in that scenario is that you feel like you did. I don't. Because the only thing I'm looking for is when you do it. Not all the times that you don't. Feel me? So I think you're right. What you're said is right. It's just how you deal with it. And it is who has the authority. It doesn't matter if you don't like the thing that I put in it. You don't have the power to change it in you. And because you don't have the power to change it, the only thing that you can tell me, which is why I statements are so important, is the only thing you can say is when you drink, you hurt my feelings. Or when you drink, you do this to me. It Both can't happen. That simple, huh? Yeah, I know, right? Both because the thing is, simple. is that that conversation can't happen when the motherfucker's drinking. That ain't the time. He, that's his thing. It doesn't matter if you like it or don't like it. Trust me. But that's his crutch. Whatever that thing is that he's put there in place for whatever reason, that's there. Yeah, it needs to be broken through. Yes, the only job that you have is to bring it to his remembrance of the destructiveness that it has created in his life. But that person has to make the decision to change it. You don't get to make it. Change. Change. I'm sorry. The whole entire thing. You don't. Well, if you want me to bring 13 other people into this podcast to, to, know, to sit down with, I'll you point just... at everybody else. But. No. Um, you got zero people in here, so the only person that the only person that's listening is you. So we got one now. I know you just was, you came back and it was like you had a you had a mission, babe. No, I'm just saying. Like I think I think that's that's that this is the the part of all this, and we're gonna wrap this up because it's getting to an hour. Even though we had what five three minutes of like downtime in the middle of it, lost most of the people that were watching. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I'm just all, all I'm saying is. To me, it's, it's a simple thing, right? It's, a, it's not it's not simple, nor is it easy. No, it's simple, but not easy. Yeah. But because in a committed, loving relationship, and this doesn't have to be just a wife, husband relationship. It could literally be a parent, child, even mom and dad or whatever it may be, right? It. It's oh, like, yeah. because we love you, we stay and we deal with the BS. But they're staying too. And they love you too. And if you're in a situation where someone's bad behaviors are hurting you and that person doesn't care enough to at least address them, even a little bit. Like I can deal with someone who struggles. I can deal with someone who makes mistakes. I can deal with all of that. I just can't deal with someone who don't try. You got to at least have the conversation. If you want to keep that person and maybe not everything there's like the thing is, is that we're still unrolled. We're still rolling new things out and we've been together eight, almost 18 years. We still roll new things out. So you have to have a little patience. That person can't fix everything at once. And that person should because y'all relationship is borrowed time and it's not going to last forever. Somebody got to die. Somebody, it's all. It's always gonna happen. 
So the only thing that you can do in the beauty of a marriage is the fact that you get to work on it. Mm. It's the only thing that you just continuously evolves into something new every time something big happens. Mm. And, if you, and if you want that to last, then you have to set your boundaries and you have to respect your significant other's boundaries. That's the only way. It isn't just me over here acknowledging that my wife want me to do all this shit. Nope. I ain't going to do it. <laughs> and I damn sure ain't going to do it if she don't do nothing for me. Because that's, that's the expectation of your relationship. Why are you in a relationship where you're afraid to ask your significant other for fucking love and affection? let that marinate but it's true <laughs> it's really true though it's like you should be able to ask for those things you you should be able to have the space to tell me i don't want to be talked to like that right and me say all right and also have the space when i come to you and say bro every single time i open my fucking mouth up to you you start acting crazy so you're going to have to come down on this. Don't talk to me like that. Or I ain't going to talk to you at all. Is she the bro or is like your friend's the bro? Bro's in my brain. That's where okay. I <laughs> You're like, if I come to you and I'm like, bro. Bro. I'm like. Oh. I mean, that bro's in my brain. I say oh. bro first and I go, all right, look. You can't just keep telling me not to talk to you like that. Listen, bro. Like you're literally it. not letting me say anything. That should also be. And if you love me back, you should be willing to have that conversation. It's very simple, man. And the math should always math. Love is easy to me. Now, I understand how difficult it is. And we're going to get into this. I've been writing. I've been doing all this stuff. I got some stuff that I think going to help. And it's all about love and understanding relationship. Because if you can understand the relationship that you have with yourself, then you can love anybody. And all, you need to, and all you need are systematic boundaries for every step. It's very easy. And I'm going to teach it. He's going to lead us. He's yep, going to get up off of this thing because it's already 8 o'clock. I'm going to go yell at my kids a little bit more. And nah, you know, already so yelled. Tell them how much I love them. Tell them my boundary of what I expect from them. But we're going to get out of here. We appreciate those who were able to stick around for that the last bit where we had some technical difficulties and the whole thing shut down on us. And then next week, we'll talk about some motion. I don't know. But join our group. We do want everybody to join our group. Uh, yeah, that's it. Have a good night, everybody. We'll appreciate it.